0: Jesus said, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace Veteran and your host, Bob Lambert.
1: Hello, hello out there, all Faith Marketplace followers. We're beaming our way out from the center of the universe here in Chicago, Illinois. I want to encourage you to get out there and look, uh, get in your app store for AM 1160, download the app. That way you can listen to this great station anywhere in the world you have a internet connection, okay? So uh, we want to do that. And if you don't, then just get out to faithmarketplace.com. We have all of the interviews. For, I can't believe it. for going back nine years. So it's all on podcast. You can go out there and check out some of our podcasts over the years. We've got great leaders on. And boy, today we've got a fabulous one on. So again, we're Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources and community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace, the founding partner of Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai, we like to say we put the win back in your sales. And, boy, I want to tell you, we got a winner today, folks. I would like to introduce you to Dorothy Yang. She is the global product strategy lead community partnership for Meta. Now, if you guys don't know what Meta is, that's the new overarching corporate entity for Facebook. So how about that? (laughs) Hey Dorothy, welcome.
2: Thanks, Bob. Really great to be here.
1: Yeah, boy, have you got a story, but before we start that, let's uh, you got a great quote in here, and I'd like for you to share that with our audience. And what was the meaning of that? What's behind that? Why that quote?
3: Sure.
2: My quote here is Ephesians is from Ephesians 320, which says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm. This quote is really important to me because I think sometimes where we might be in periods of waiting and I'm certainly someone who tends to be more impatient (laughs) and, you know, want answers now, but sometimes God is just moving in the background and we have no idea. And when we just wait a little bit longer, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or, or imagine. And I think I've seen that play out so many times in my life. So wow.
1: Yeah. It's the stories you've shared with me and looking over what you shared with me as far as our interview uh, questionnaire. Yes, you have. <laughs> Big time. Uh, what do you want the folks to get out of our show today, out of this interview?
2: Yeah, I would love everyone listening to know that a a non-linear career sometimes may not make all the sense to the rest of the world, but it makes a lot of sense to God. And I want to just share quickly the story of King David, where he was a shepherd, he was a musician, he was a warrior, and he was a king. He was Mm. all of those things in his life. And none of those, you know, from the outset make sense, but it Mm. made a lot of sense to God.
1: There you go. (laughs) And yeah, and know. then the other
2: one is just there are multiple ways to live out our faith in the marketplace. There isn't just one formula. There's definitely certain, certainly different ways to do
1: I that. love that. And boy, we're going to be talking about several of those today, particularly with your career path. You know, just to let our folks know and out here, did you come out a bouncing baby Christian boy, Would it Christian girl, <laughs> boy, girl, uh, you know, with your testimony? Uh, what can you share with our audience about uh, your childhood and how you grew up and all that?
2: Yeah, I think my story and testimony is really a story of childlike faith. Hmm. You know, I first started going to church with my mom because she worked at a Christian school. And for some reason, it was part of the job description to <laughs> serve on the worship team on Sundays, even though she hadn't completely given her life to Christ at the time. Oh, wow. Um, I think I was in fifth grade. And so I thought I'd tag along and listen to sermons on Sundays. And I heard this concept of prayer. And I thought, What is that? Let me let me try it out. And so I prayed for something and I don't even remember what it was, but God answered. And so I started thinking, huh, who is this God person? Maybe I need to find out more about him. So I started going to youth group, and there was one Sunday when a lot of the other kids we're getting baptized, mm. and something um, to know about me is that I sometimes can be a little competitive. So <laughs> when I heard that all the other kids were getting baptized, I kind of raised my hand and said, "Hey, I want to be baptized too." Okay. And at that time, um, I don't even think I fully understood what the concept of a Christian was. In my head, it was someone who believed in God
3: mm-hmm. and someone
2: who believed in prayer. Okay. I knew nothing about this Jesus concept.
3: Okay. Um. Yeah.
2: But I, yeah. But I got baptized, and let's say fast forward a few months. I remember hearing the pastor tell our youth group that you know we as humans are all imperfect, and because of that, we cannot enter heaven.
3: Whoa! And so I
2: thought, wait a minute. Yeah. I thought I got baptized. <laughs> I thought I'm Christian. Um, what's what's going on? Did I? Did I? Yeah. Did I make a mistake?
3: Um,
2: and then. <laughs> my my pastor went on to say and that's why Jesus as the only perfect human who ever lived on this earth he died for us and when and his death covers all of our imperfections and allows us to enter heaven oh. and i think that was when i truly understood you know the magnitude of Jesus dying on the cross. Wow. And I just felt so grateful in that moment and I wanted to learn more. Mm. Um, I started reading devotionals, not because anyone told me to. I literally wandered back to the sanctuary one day and picked up some devotionals, read them every day, and thought they were always relevant to whatever I was going through. I started reading the Bible, again, not because someone told me to, but. Um, I think I read somewhere that you'll do better on the SATs if you read the King James Version.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: so I read the King James Version Bible every day, wow. um, hoping that it would help my improve my vocabulary on my SATs.
3: <laughs> oh my goodness.
2: Um, yeah, and I think, again, just childlike faith. God kept mm. rewarding my child like faith, even though I didn't understand everything about him. Right. And I think in high school, there were a few events that took place, that taught me that God's plans are better than ours, even if we may not understand.
3: Right. Um,
2: so I think I, I started learning more about, you know, God's purpose and plans versus mine. And I think it goes back to the quote that I mentioned earlier on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then in college was where I learned a lot more what I would call, you know, the spiritual disciplines of having quiet time, spending time in prayer, um, the importance of community, the importance of discipleship. And I also started developing a heart for reaching the people around me and not necessarily through traditional missions. Ah, So, yeah. So when I first started serving as a Bible study leader, um, I realized I was spending a lot of time with the Christian community, Mm -hmm. but at the same time I wasn't really cultivating deeper friendships with the classmates I was in class in like day and night and that I wasn't having opportunities to share more about God with them. And so I thought, well, maybe I should actually spend time where God has placed me and help those people, um, grow closer to God. If that is Mm -hmm. something, uh, that we, that God wanted me to do. So prayed about that. And actually at the time I prayed that God would give me a partner in crime to lead a focus group. Wow. And sure enough, my junior year, I met a really good friend of mine now. Her name is Amy. And we started having a focus group with our classmates to talk about topics related to God and religion. And we met on a weekly basis. These were some of the best uh, deep discussions that really helped me uh, develop a bond that my classmates and I had. And wow. I'm so grateful for it, even to this day.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> How do you top that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: And then other parts of my story, I guess, you know, post-graduation, very similar to how I felt in college, always felt more drawn to ministering to people in corporate America, so very much Mm. the marketplace than the traditional missionary route. And I saw the workplace as our missions field. And, you know, what a powerful place it is for Christians as you're interacting with different people in different industries, And, you know, in my last company, I had the chance to talk to our CFO to present a paid leave proposal to support not just moms and dads, but also caregivers. And then in my current role in the past year, I've been able to partner with churches to drive more people to be vaccinated against COVID. And I think these are just some examples of how corporate America can still be powerful for God's kingdom. And I know that there is a lot of negative press about tech out there yeah i'm not at naive to the fact that tech can be used for harm
3: mm-hmm.
2: but i did want to tell all of the listeners out there that there are so many people at each of these big tech companies meta where i work google um you know netflix and other yep. types of tech companies where there are groups of devoted believing christians who are continuing to commune together and pray for these companies because we realize We're in some of the most influential companies for a time such as this. Yeah. And so... This is a lot of how I see my role in leveraging tech for good.
1: Oh, my goodness. Boy, what a great example. And I've been telling people about the tech companies that, you know, these Bible studies are starting up. And you're one of the interviews. I've got somebody coming in from Microsoft here in a couple weeks. And, yeah, I'm just thrilled. And people are shocked. They're just surprised that that's happening, you know, in those empires. And I, I just love having this. And I've been telling people about our interview for quite a while now. Hey, well, listen, I'm proud to announce that uh, Inbound Studio has been a sponsor for Faith Marketplace. They've generously provided the talent and the expertise to develop and maintain our, web, uh, our Faith Marketplace website. So you got to go out and check it out. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small and mid-market businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With our vast experience, Inbound Studio builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. As a result, the company has evolved into being a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. Get out there and check them out at inboundstudio.studio. Again, that's inboundstudio.studio. We're going to be right back with my special guest, Dorothy
0: Yang. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here uh, with my guest, Dorothy Yang. She is the Global
1: Product Strategy Lead in Community Partnerships for Meta. Uh, that's that little company out there. It's called Facebook. And uh, Dorothy, uh, one of the things we left out. Now you're in, you're in San Francisco, right? You're calling in from San Francisco, in the Bay Area. Yeah. Okay. Well, what we left out is, you know, these multiple degrees you have. And what was that school you went to out there?
2: Oh, just a little school called Berkeley,
3: UC Berkeley.
1: (laughs) Now, how was it that you became a a believing Christian and you went through Berkeley? I mean, you know, Berkeley's not known for that, are they?
2: (laughs) This is a great question, and I think a lot of people are worried about my faith. Uh-huh. But let me tell you, my faith grew so much at Berkeley that I felt spiritually dry every time I went home during college.
1: No kidding. Why is that?
2: Yeah, and I, I couldn't wait to—I I just had such a great community of fellow believers there uh, that I had, I had never experienced before. Wow. Uh, so my personal experience is that I grew by leaps and bounds, and I still think back to that time as one of the best times in my life.
1: Why, why do you think that is that you grew leaps and bounds there?
2: I, I think God's plans and, and just in the meeting fate, faithful meeting of like-minded believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, like I mentioned in, in the last segment, you know, we did a lot of things together, like 24 hour prayer rooms. Wow. We fasted together. Okay. Yeah. There's just a lot of community building and we, we lived our lives with each other and, and taught each other more about God. And I learned more about what it's like to be a Christian and, Uh, yeah, just learn a lot more about what my faith could mean and the impact my faith
3: could
1: have. Yeah. And obviously you learned your lessons well and you took it to heart. I'm I'm a little curious in the first segment, you also realized that you're kind of in a holy huddle and you need to, God had really maybe called you there to help administer other people. Uh, Can you share a little bit of what that was like, you know, sharing your faith with other people that you were classmates with?
2: Yeah, so I was in a, I was a chemical engineering major, okay. which, you know, you wouldn't know this at a big school, but at Berkeley, there were only maybe 200 people in my class.
3: Oh, okay. So
2: I saw that as a super unique opportunity to get to know the people I was around. And being a chemical engineer, you, you spend a lot of time together. There's mm-hmm. been times right. when we... We working on problem sets until the library closed, and we would get kicked out because they were so hard.
3: <laughs> um, there so there's
2: a lot of there's a lot of uh, camaraderie and natural community that is built. And I just felt that, you know, I definitely felt a heart for missions, but mm. it made more sense to me to be ministering where I was. And I think I've yep. carried that principle into my roles in corporate America today. Yeah. And like I said, I, I asked God for a partner because I was like, if I'm going to do this, I don't know if I can do this by myself, mm-hmm. um, to start a group. And he provided someone. And so we, we just went with it and had some of the re- some really, really rich conversations around, you know, is there an existence of heaven and hell? Do you believe in an, in a higher being like God? Um, so yeah, definitely helped develop deeper friendships amongst it. our classmates.
1: Speaking of that, now, you know, um, you're you're at med now you've been at Meta how long? You haven't been there that long, right?
2: Not that long. I've been here about a year and a month.
1: Year and a month, wow, congratulations. Uh, thank you. And before that you were in, in uh medical, right? Or healthcare?
2: I worked in all sectors of healthcare. So whether it was direct products like pharmaceuticals, med device. Or consumer products, um, or hospitals, and then most recently, I was working for an, an insurance plan.
1: Okay, very good. So, in your current role, how would you describe what to, you, know, you? Well, we know what the you know Meta is or Facebook is, but how would you? The ideal client or target market for you guys there, and who you serve, particularly with the role you have.
2: Yeah, so I work on our community community partnerships team, and our ideal client or target audience are you know, people who build communities digitally across the globe. And okay. this could be very grassroots, like someone who just wants to start a hiking group. Mm. This could be businesses that are looking to build communities to continue to build their brand.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, or sometimes there's public sectors, sector companies that are looking to build communities. And and also faith faith communities are under our community partnerships. Okay. Like.
1: Oh, that's great. And, and yeah. now, is this a relatively new role or has this been going on for a while?
2: So the community partnerships team has been around for, I would say, about four years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this role that I have is a, a bit of a newer role between trying to understand how do we um, advocate for our partners who are building communities digitally mm-hmm. with product teams okay. um, through a new structure.
1: Okay. That's great. That's got to be exciting.
2: Yeah. I, a, I love building things from the ground up. So that's been Yeah. A
1: really hey, part your of chemical this engineering, you, well, bodes well there. You know, you love to take it tinkering with stuff, you know, and solving problems, right? Yeah. Exactly. And also, you have a little bit of a passion as a side, side hack there, too, don't you?
2: Yes, I do. So I didn't get a chance to mention this earlier, but I am also a mom of a young child. Mm-hmm. And I think having gone through, the process of having a child, I realized that our current workplace is really not set up for women to have children Mm -hmm. and succeed in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So I'm really passionate about trying to help those wanting to be ambitious at work and ambitious in the home. No judgment to those who want to go to either extreme. I, I think just for me personally, I'm super passionate about those women who want to continue working but also don't want to neglect their passions for the family and to help them stay in the workplace.
1: Yeah, So I'm looking to see
2: what coaching or speaking that I could do to help women um, stay in the workplace.
1: Now, in in these community groups, are there any of them around working women or is is that anything that you're helping with?
2: Yeah, so we do have a lot of different communities. Um, I I would say over 9,000 of them uh, are, are communities that we're in touch with and some of them are parenting related groups. Unfortunately, mm. I'm, not, I'm not able to name them um, right. specifically, but there are certainly ones that are related to parenting.
1: Yeah. So what kind of problems are you helping them solve with, 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 in these community groups?
2: Sure. So essentially what we would do is take an understanding of their needs, their wants, their desires, their pain points, and then highlight them to our internal teams that are building products, tools, and features and say, hey, these are our communities that are building and really thriving and honestly pushing forward the mission of Meta to bring the world closer together. Um, And how can we build products to support the work that they're doing so that we can help these communities thrive? And as I mentioned, a lot of these also include faith communities, which is really special for yeah. me as a person of faith. That's
1: great. Oh, what a message. Dorothy, I, I was so pumped about this interview because I just, a lot of people need to hear this and what, what is really going on. That uh, on the surface, it doesn't appear that things are happening, but God is working, isn't he? He is working mightily. Uh, what are some of these he products is, you indeed. keep talking about products? What, what kind of services or products are we talking about here? Because you got yeah, a number of so I
2: can Yeah, sure. Mm. So um, I can share. Uh, I, I just need to make sure that I'm sharing the ones that I'm allowed to share. Yeah, sure. So for example, um, you know, something specific to faith. Last year, we launched a product called Prayer Post.
3: Mm. So it's okay. a
2: way for you in a group to initiate a prayer request for you or someone else. Okay. And it's a special type of post
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, that... Others are able to join in and click that they're praying for you, let them know that, let you know that they're praying for you. And then you can, there's a way to thank the people who are praying for you. Um, so that's an example of one of the ways that we're meeting uh, the needs of faith communities in yeah. terms of
1: products. Yeah, refresh your, so the apps that you were talking about too, the kind of apps that that Meta uh, has.
2: Oh, um, yeah, so so we have a family of apps, so a lot of us know, a lot of the world knows us as yeah. Meta or Facebook, mm-hmm. but we also are connected to Instagram, which mm-hmm. is a part of a family of apps. We're connected to WhatsApp, mm-hmm. which is the messaging platform, another part of our family of apps. And then I think most people might have heard that we're diving into this world of the metaverse right. in VR, so right. Horizon is another
1: Okay. Is another part. Gosh, how exciting this has got to be for you, man! Oh man, (laughs) that's really great. Uh, You know, and and uh, obviously relating to uh, people that um, you know we can connect to through these vehicles is really important from a faith standpoint, right? Uh, Being able to get out there to to, to the broader community. Um, I'm just curious. What do you give? What do you give God glory for every day?
2: Yeah, you know back to the quote that I mentioned in the beginning, the way that I came about this role was very unexpected. I had actually been job searching on and off for about two years and God kept closing doors and it was things that didn't make sense. Like they, the hiring manager left, they lost budget, they rescinded an offer. And so I thought, okay, God, clearly you're doing something. I don't know what it is. And then got a call from the faith partnerships team at Meta, which is a part of community partnerships, and that was the first job I had when I first started. Mm. And they said they were looking for someone, but there's nothing on my resume that says I've ever worked in formal ministry, but I'm clearly a person of faith. Right. Um, and I think, again, you know, back to my takeaway of a nonlinear career, it didn't make sense in the beginning, mm-hmm. but since coming here, it's actually been a much smoother ride than I expected. I've been able to apply a lot of transferable skills, so I'm really, really grateful that God has given me this, this role and just the reach of the platform for people globally has been great.
1: Oh man, I love it well folks i gotta tell you you've heard me talking and praising g7 which i'm a proud member of also the regional director in chicago so are you looking for ways to increase your business and uh, with way things are going you might want to do check this out are you hungry for business relationships that matter and help you grow personally and professionally and spiritually well welcome to g7 networking with purpose where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like mind and spirit via monthly meetings that follow powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility with the entire G7 network. Chapters are forming all over Chicago. We have five chapters now here in Land area. Get out there and text me at 312-210-0603 with the special word G7.
0: This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest,
1: Dorothy Yang. She is the Global Product Strategy Lead and Community Partnerships at Meta. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, I told you guys to fashion your seatbelts because this has been fabulous, what she shared with us. And hopefully, you picked up on the fact that uh, Glory, you know, Dorothy has seen this as all through her career as a ministry, her faith. And she certainly is really working with that in areas of right now, particularly, we think we need that uh, really need it badly across the country. And some of these things that she shared in the last segment, I want you to really take to heart because she's in one of the biggest, you know, Tech companies in the world, and uh, I think it's pretty doggone encouraging that she's doing God's work there. So, hey Dorothy, got to ask you this, you know, um, how do you incorporate your, other than a couple of things you said? How do you really incorporate your faith at work and uh, any of the things you've done? Because it's you know, throughout your career, it sounds like you have taken this calling pretty seriously wherever you've been.
2: Yeah, and I think I've taken this in a couple of different approaches throughout my career. So I would say earlier on in my, well, first of all, taking a step back, I'm pretty open about my faith and everything Mm -hmm. that I do. I'll tell people that I go to church, um, but I don't do it in like a, I'm Christian and you're going to hell kind of a way. (laughs) I just tell, I I try to be authentic to who I am Mm -hmm. and help them to get to know me as a person and know that this Mm -hmm. is the most important part of who I am, um, and and I'd say that uh, at, earlier in my career, a lot of the ERGs, so employee resource groups, weren't mm-hmm. super strong, and I, in a couple of different places, have started Bible studies, so I'll give a quick example. When sure. I worked in Pennsylvania for Johnson & Johnson, one of their medical device companies, I worked really close on the manufacturing line with all, all of the operators on the manufacturing line and I found out that some of them are actually Christians. So I mm. would grab them, you know, on a weekly lunch to just pray together. And this is when I was like 23. And these wow. were people who are decades older than me. <laughs> wow. um, but we had a great time. And, you know, through that, I was able to build relationships with them. I would know things that, you know, someone's on dialysis or someone's oh, wow. not in the best um, financial shape. So mm-hmm. I, I felt I was able to. Minister to them and encourage them, but also learn from them and have them minister to me. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that I've done, and 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 I think how God has equipped me is that you know everyone has a role in evangelism. Yep. Not all of us are closers. Some yep. of us are planters. <laughs> some of us, some of us water. And I yep. think that God has really given me gifts in the area of watering because I met so many people throughout my work who knew knew a little bit or were exposed to Christianity, but had all these lingering questions. Mm-hmm. And so I've always felt like I've been someone who could be a safe place for them to ask a lot of questions
0: right. um,
2: and then kind of dig into the Bible to f- help them either find those questions if I don't know um, or help study the Bible with them together in a one-on-one setting.
1: You know, you, you, so said, that's more of, yeah, oh, you said something really important there too, because I think a lot of... People of faith don't want to do that at work because they feel that they're going to get labeled. They're going to get, you know, somehow demonized or something like that. And, and, and yeah. they bifurcate their life. Oftentimes people showing up at work on Monday, leaving Jesus in the car. And, you know, in the Bible, it's all, work is in the Bible more times than worship. So we are called to ministry at work, you know. And you don't That's have to right. be a theologian. You don't have to have seminary training. You don't have to do any of that stuff. Just be, like you said, I think it was well said, Be authentic and and let people know what your heart is and also by example you know work with excellence we're called to do that and your light will shine that's right and people will be drawn to that like they've been drawn to you uh, i'm sure that those uh, older workers were saw something very special in you and um, why they you know why they were attracted to that and then as you said you gained from their experience too this is a two-way street yeah. right I yeah, think, I think we grow in our faith even more when we're around non-believers, don't you?
3: <laughs> that's true. Yes, yeah.
1: because Definitely. God equips us and and will give us those things that we need when we need it. So uh, that that yeah, that, actually, a
2: quick story there. <laughs> yeah, One of sure. my coworkers recently asked me, "Why do people? Why, why? I went to church recently. Why are they asking me what my prayer request is? What is that?
3: Ah. Oh, great. And so I
2: think sometimes it's a good reminder that we have all these Christian needs. Yep. But you have to know how to explain it to someone else. Yes. Um, so I, you know, kind of said, you know, it's kind of like, how are you doing? What's top of mind for you? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that I can be thinking about for you? Right. Uh, and it, but it was a really good light bulb moment of, wow, that's such a cultured Christian term that for someone on the outside less familiar with our faith, they have no idea what that is, or people keep asking them what their prayer request is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you're right. There, you said it well, a lot of Christianese. And, you know, mm-hmm. people don't understand that when you're talking. You know, I mean, it's like when I get around tech people or I get around people, particularly I'm former military, but get around military, but they, they speak in acronyms. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, what the heck does that mean? You know, <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? And <clears throat> and we have to. Uh, and just the same thing with Christianity. You know, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. we're talking shorthand. People are kind of scratching their head going, you know, geez. Uh, I don't know what the heck you're talking about, and I don't know if this is going to be something for me. Um, Obviously, you inspire people with what you do, but how would you fill us in a little bit more about that? Because you had some, some interesting things you shared about it, TED Talk, and some other things in here. So how do you inspire people?
2: yeah, so a common theme throughout my career, regardless of what industry I'm working in, is I am always always a fierce advocate for the end user. Mm-hmm. So when I worked in healthcare, it was always advocating for the patient. Um, and then now it's you know advocating for people who use meta's platforms, um either in running a, let's say, Facebook group or a mm-hmm. digital community or the end user who is a part of a community. So an example of that is when I in my last job, I worked in Medicare, um, one of the Medicare insurance plans here in here in California. And I was really pushing for us to launch products sooner than the normal timeline, because mm. I thought they were so important to this population. And the products were also things that I. Um, would really help people from a holistic perspective because a lot of healthcare is treating people who are sick and not preventing sickness. Yes, And these are products yeah. that are really around preventing sickness. Mm-hmm. So I just couldn't wrap my head around why we couldn't launch sooner um, <laughs> because a lot of the answers I got was, well, that's just the way it is. And I think oh, boy. whenever I hear that, I hear an opportunity yep. because I see like, well, let's see what we can do about that. So what I did, Was not only did I, you know, work on the execution and also strategy of how do we launch this sooner? I also did a TED talk during one of our department meetings. This was over 200 people. And to be honest, it was a little bit of a risky move because my VP was there. Mm -hmm. And I was essentially challenging some of the paradigms that were so innate to the organization that I was in. So I said things like, instead of saying, we can't do X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. can we just make a paradigm shift and say, how can we, how can we get there? We know this is hard, but let's think of ways, let's come together, let's brainstorm and think of how we can get there. And, uh, you know, my boss and some of the others had a lot of great compliments about how great of a talk that was. And one of the best compliments I got was that it was The best talk at that conference, and that conference also included our CEO at the time. Oh wow! So that that was a huge compliment, and I think that's how I'm. That's one way I inspire people because I am always pushing the envelope in benefit of the end user.
1: I love that. Now you said it was a bit risky. What got you through that or go over that hump? Because you know, fear is a big factor here in holding people back from doing what they have maybe been called to do, they're being nudged to do, but there's a fear that comes over them as to how they're going to be perceived or, you know, if it's going to be properly worded. How did you overcome that fear to go do that?
2: Yeah, I have this personal philosophy that there should all, I should always be a little bit fearful in ah, doing things. There you go. Because if I'm not, there's no room for growth. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with jobs. If yep. I if I'm going into a job, I should be at least a little bit scared. And if yeah. I'm not, then it's not the right job for me because it's probably I'm probably overqualified for it and I could already do it.
3: I love. Um, so that. I think very similarly,
2: <laughs> I thought that if we're gonna see change, someone needs to pay the price, and mm-hmm. so. In that, uh, in that particular scenario, I decided that it was okay for me to pay that price because I so believed in what I was saying yep. because I thought these products were so important for the Medicare population. <clears throat> And so that was how I was able able to overcome.
1: You know what, what, what it reminds me of is a talk I gave to a business group, and and I themed the talk "Step Out in Faith." And I had it was right around mm-hmm. Easter, yep. and I had God, I had Christ stepping out of the tomb, and I said, "Step out in faith." And then uh, I used a Harrison Ford movie, you know, uh, the ones that uh, he was in that whole series that Sean Connery was in, and uh, where he had to step over this precipice, and that was the the ending of my talk was uh, how he had to step out in faith, you know, to get to the Holy Grail, which was over in a little cave. Anyway, um, hey, how do you provide hope to people? Uh, sometimes I'm sure you work around folks that were, things were kind of hopeless or you face some challenges. So what is it you do there?
2: Yeah, I always try to tell people to give yourself some grace because mm. I know challenges are always hard while you're going through it. Mm-hmm. But we also know that the exercise helps us build muscle and helps us grow. Right. And eventually allows, you know, you to come to something like this and share yep. your testimony. <laughs> um, and then I think just being a working mom, sometimes it gives me a little bit, not to judge other people who are not. But I yeah, think for me fine. personally, it's, it's helped me develop a little bit more empathy yep. to provide hope to people. I
1: love it. So, young lady, what words of wisdom would you have given to your younger self? Because it sounds like you had a lot of wisdom at an early age. <laughs>
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, my words of wisdom to my younger self is don't chase the dream job. Think mm. about the dream life that you want and know yep. that a job is only a part of it. So figure out that dream life first and then figure out what job fits into that.
1: I love that. And this one is cool, folks. Interesting, cool, funny about you.
2: I, uh, I got full scholarships for both my undergrad and graduate studies.
1: Oh, man. That says it all right there, folks. I told you this is going to be good. You've got to stick with us for the next segment, okay? Because Dorothy and I are going to roundtable a mystery subject. So you're, you you got to come back because I'm not going to tell you what it is. And get out there and text me at 312-210-0603 if you want information about G7. Use the keyword G and the numeral 7, and I'll get back to you. <laughs>
0: This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, well
1: again, we're back here for our last segment of roundtabling uh, mystery subject with Dorothy Yang, gl- uh, Global Product Strategy Lead and Communication or Community Partnership uh, with Meta. And Dorothy, what are we gonna what are we gonna tackle here in their uh, roundtable?
2: Yeah, so today we're gonna talk about the mystery topic of Gender equity and specifically advocating for women to be able to integrate their work and their life to, or their family life to have mm-hmm. a fulfilling career and family life.
1: Well, I know your passion, but we brought it up earlier, and also you're doing some work in that area. So, why don't you share with the, with the folks what, why you think this is so important and, and, and particularly for you because you're living it? So, uh, share with the folks about your passion in both those areas and, and, and for women that have that passion.
2: Yeah. So I'll share a couple of different areas. So after I had a child, I just saw how unsupported women are postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of a lot of tech companies have really great policies. But at the time after I had my daughter, I was not in one of these tech companies. Okay. Um, and, you know, simple things like having finding a place to pump. Mm-hmm. Um, at work was yep. difficult. Uh, I I remember, you know, scrambling one day because there were only four slots in a 20-floor building for people to wow. pump, and they were all taken. Wow. And I didn't know what to do, and the only thing I could do, uh, thankfully, at the time, I was really good friends with the admin of our team, and she told me that the VP that day, you know, was... Out of the office Mm. so I could use his office Uh, so I got really lucky but honestly in that situation I had no idea what I was going to do Mm. and keep in mind I actually was one of the lucky ones because I was only in the office once or uh, once a week or once every two weeks because I had a great boss who was super supportive of you know having a child and the postpartum period so I got to work mostly from home, Okay. but imagine if that was my everyday that I got, went to, to the office and had encountered that. Mm. Um, so I think that's an area. Um, and then the other one is really around pay equity. I, I see that there is still gaps in pay for mm-hmm. men and women. And when they look at the data for women who have kids, the gap is wider.
1: Really. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Um, Versus women
2: who don't have kids.
1: Why do you think that is?
2: I think there's a couple of things after that happens um, after one has a child. Oftentimes the female um, in a, you know, in in the household becomes the main caretaker. Okay. And oftentimes they decide, and and we saw this during COVID. They take a step back from their careers or they leave the workforce altogether, which Mm -hmm. means that diminishes their... Um, their power from a pay perspective. And so they're not able to accelerate their salaries. And then what we also know from research is that men have the opposite effect Mm. when they have a child. Everyone's like, Oh my gosh, you are, uh, you know, you do your job and you take, and you have a child, you must be great. And a lot of them, uh, and a lot of them see pay increases. Mm. So this is, there is data that there is actually a motherhood tax. So for every child you have, it you your salary takes a hit. Mm. Um, but for men, for every child they have, their salary actually rises. Okay. Because of some of the continued imbalance mm-hmm. um, in families. So, you know, my role is thinking about how do I help women who are going through the, these types of transitions, think about continuing to advocate for themselves in their careers, but also seeking more balanced households i think that even the best intention um the best intention dads may or may not know you know how to even think about co-parenting because for some reason females still tend to carry the mental load in terms of like planning for a child for their nutrition for their activities Um, so i think there are still a lot of ways for our society to go um, and I think one of the ways to do that is to have a paid leave policy more broadly. That would be one of the first steps.
3: Uh, okay. But
2: anyway, that's why I'm super passionate about this topic, because I think that uh, there should just be more equity when it comes to how well, women are perceived and also rewarded.
1: Well, The other thing, too, I think you, you're, you're shedding some light on it. I, I, you know, as a male, I didn't you know, I, I could tell you my in my advanced age. I didn't have never heard this before. I've never heard about the mommy tax or the child tax or whatever you're talking about there. And obviously there's data and research to back that up. Uh, I would suggest that there's probably a lot yeah. of people that aren't aware of that. So that kind of work that you're doing or even just talking about it, it's going to bring more and more awareness to it. And I think that's where it's got to start, right? People got to be aware of things yeah, before exactly. they can change them, you know? And, uh, and Definitely starts with awareness. And I, and I love what you said earlier, too, is you know, if you got, if you don't have a little fear about something, then maybe that's not the right thing for you. But I, I, I think you're you're treading into some stuff here that could be some pretty deep subjects and things that, you know, um, again, societally, we've got to start taking consideration on a lot of things. we got a lot of work to do, but and we always will. You know, there's no there's no been no perfect country or society ever. So uh, but, that's you know, true. one of the things that we can fall back on that, you know, we we work in and, and live for a very fabulous God, you know, and he can do all things. Right. Um, That's right. You know, our, our plans are kind of puny compared to his. So, you know, uh, he's been illustrating that to me quite a bit lately. You know, it's like he's got to be <laughs> up there laughing his, you know, laughing about my plans, you know, and all that stuff. And yeah. I really had to learn to let God, you know, let go, you know, because, it, and it's hard. It's really hard sometimes. But when I catch myself trying to get my hand on the wheel of my life, I've got to constantly remind myself get your hand off the wheel, get in the back seat, and let Him drive because uh, mm-hmm. he will drive, and, and it's, it's up to him what that destination is going to be. You know, the only thing that upsets me is he just doesn't give you any clue to what the plan is, you know? <laughs> 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 you know, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to reveal anything until it's, it's in motion, you know? And you go, okay, okay, now I guess I got it. And I love what you also said, how you reflected on things. And, and when he closed doors, that you knew mm-hmm. that he had something better for you, and that you had to be, have that childlike faith. And I, I, yeah. I, you reminded me so much of how important that is with our, our faith walk, is that we have to be like children. We have to believe, we have to have faith. Uh, and also, you know, I got challenged a number of years ago when I was uh, in a group, and, uh, and uh, one of the ladies was a president of uh, synagogue. She was a very Jewish, practicing Jew. And, you know, she mm-hmm. brought she asked me a great pointed question, and we have had a lot of conversation where we just, she was a terrific person. and. She just asked me, well, Bob, what do you believe? Because she knew I was a Christian. I I said, well, that's easy. Mm -hmm. The Bible's the whole truth, and Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. (laughs) And she just sat back in the chair, and she looked at me with wide eyes. She said, the Bible's the whole truth. I said, yeah, it is. I said, because here's the deal. If you don't believe, and I I get it, you know, know, got swallowed by a whale and some of these other things that are in there that are kind of fantastic to maybe believe. I said, but you're either all in or you're all out because you can't parse it away. And you, 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 these, again, are where faith comes in. That's where you have to take yeah. that step of faith. Okay. And, yeah, that's right. And, and it's written as a story and a metaphor, basically. I mean, there's a lot of, light, lot of lessons in there. I don't think I'm ever going to get them all, you know, uh, or even close to it. But, you know, the stories, the parables, and the metaphor, and a lot of the symbolism of this thing are life stories. And they're just type of things that are continually keep being reinforced over and over again in many different ways. So um, I just have to applaud you, you know, Dorothy, what you brought to this uh, today and brought to the table. I just think it's been great. Our conversation is terrific. And you've illustrated some people that, uh, you know, again, the, what the message is always is here, you know, combining your faith and work is not an option. You know, you, you've got to mm-hmm. be able to take that with you into your workplace. It is a ministry. It's unfortunate. It's not preached about enough from the pulpit. That work is ministry. As we say That's in right. G7, it's business-tree, combining business, tree. <laughs> <Combined> <laughs> business and it. ministry, you know. And a lot of people like that, and they, they never thought about it before. And you've given us a lot of, lot to think about today, and I want to thank you for being our guest. Well, folks, we're going to be back here again next Saturday, noon, to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. This is Faith Marketplace. We're here on every Saturday. I want you to get out and check out our website, too, faithmarketplace.com. By the way, as you're perusing it, there's this little donate section on there. That's how this ministry gets to survive for nine years. So if you have a couple extra pennies you can throw away, we'd love it. We'll be back next Saturday.